Are you registered for Culture Proof Conference 2024? Well, you need to get registered today. We are super excited about our first ever conference that's coming to Faith Baptist in Bartlett, Tennessee. Yes, July 18th through the 20th. And we're open, wide open. So go to cultureproof.net right now and register. Yeah, that's right. And I say the first ever conference. It's the first ever Culture Proof Conference. But everything that you love about the types of conferences that the Addisons produce all remains intact. Some of our speakers this year include the incredible Dr. Kathy Cook. Abraham Hamilton III. Dr. Renton Rathbun. Dr. Lee Brand. And Israel Wayne. And not to mention our extraordinary Culture Proof Kids and Teens tracks facilitated by Maria Hamilton. The third. And Mark and Amy (laughs) Warren. You're going to want to make sure you register. When registration fills up for those tracks, the kids tracks, we close them down because we want our classrooms to be functional and we want our kids to get the most out of those classrooms. All right, question. Mm-hmm. Is functional a word? No, probably not. So fu- functional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. I just want to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, don't let her do it. Oh, Lord. Um, when you don't have a red line in your brain, you're just going to leave it. Okay. We want to see you in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church, July 18th through the 20th. That's right. Go to cultureproof.net. Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are exploring the difference, if there even is a difference, between community standards and a statement of faith. Um, Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm just mincing words. But I was reading an article over at the Christian Post um, that originally um, was run on religious, the Religion News Service website, mm-hmm. um, dealing with Fuller uh, Theological Seminary and the fact that they fired one of their senior directors because she rejected um, their statement of faith, like mm-hmm. refused to sign the statement of faith. I want to get into the article and then just kind of have a conversation around it because I think, and you pointed this out as we were talking about it um, before recording the podcast, you, you pointed out that they did the right thing. She refused to sign the statement of faith and they let her go. Yeah, definitely. Um, If you have a, you should have a statement of faith. If you're a ministry, a theological seminary, you know, a college or whatever. And um, if there is a person who uh, desires to work there, but they're they're saying that they're not going to sign that statement of faith. Well, I think you have no other choice but to say, well, you're not, you know, qualified to work here. Yeah. You know, this is what we stand by, you know, and, it's amazing because this person uh, was working there, so they signed it at one point. But man, if they're if they're like, I'm not signing that anymore, I'm not doing it. 
then you you have no choice but to release them. There should be some action taken. I think it's it's uh, akin to uh, what we would call church discipline. There's, yes. there's consequences yes. for not adhering to a biblical standard. I'm really glad you said it that way, that you said church discipline, because I think sometimes we can be so sanitized in our discussions about this, and it sounds like just business formality, or it sounds like uh, corporate culture that you violated, and so then therefore we have to terminate you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have something way deeper and way right. more eternal than just you violated our community standards, which sounds so social media posty to me. You know what I mean? It <laughs> yeah. sounds like Zuckerberg wrote it. Um, so <laughs> I, I want to say this. I'm, I, I commend Fuller Theological Seminary for the steps that they took to protect the integrity of what is being taught there. Uh, sound doctrine, the Mm. fundamentals of the faith as it pertains to human sexuality. I want to commend them for that. But the question I have is their, their public response for why they took the steps that they took. Mm. Um, Again, sometimes you can be doing the right thing, but if you cloak it in a reason that may be a little bit ambiguous or maybe just seems culturally relevant, mm. I think you do yourself a disservice further down the line. Yeah, definitely. If you have a statement of faith, you have something like that, you know, I think wholeheartedly you stand behind it and you say because the word of God says, you know, I think sometimes we try to, um, again, maybe be winsome. Mm. You know, and try to, you My know, um, not offend in certain ways when we can just say, hey, this is what the word says. And this is our statement of faith is based upon the word of God. Yeah. And so here it is. Yeah. And not have to like do backflips and try to do all these gymnastics to to make it palpable to people who, mm. you know, may think, oh, like, why are you guys so harsh? No, we're just standing on the word of God. That's it's it. the straight edges of scripture. So That's it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the article and then see what we might um, draw from it. Um with great care, because I do, again, and you pointed this out, and I agree with you 100%, uh, Fuller is to be commended yes. for taking the biblical step right. of relieving this person of her duties because she is operating according to, um, <laughs> or let, let me say this, she is not operating according to the fundamentals of the faith. To put it simply. All right. Right. So here's the article. Fuller Theological Seminary has fired one of its senior directors because she rejected the California-based evangelical academic institution's biblical stance on LGBT issues. Ruth Schmidt, uh, who had been an employee at Fuller since 2020, was dismissed last month because of her refusal to sign Fuller's statement of faith. That's according to Religion News Service. At specific issue was the statement stance on sexual ethics, which requires students and faculty to remain abstinent until marriage, with marriage being defined exclusively as a union of one man and one woman. Schmidt who considered Fuller to be a welcoming space for disagreement on issues like sexual ethics, okay, I'm just going to (laughs) continue, had previously signed the statement in 2022, due in part because of the need for financial security at the time. Mm. I'm going to quote her here. After a lot of prayer, God gave me peace that at that moment it was okay to sign it and not lose housing. However, in that moment, I decided I'm never signing this again. Even though I'm able to navigate this space, I can't put my signature next to something that will harm the people that I am called to serve, end quote. Hmm. Um, how are we defining harm? 
Right. Right. Like, how are we defining harm? And again, I know this sounds like so wild, but I just really feel like the fires of hell, um, that's harmful. Yes. Right. And I feel like if we care about people's eternal souls, if we care about the state where people will dwell forever, uh, then we want to tell them the truth about sin and we want to tell them the truth about what God requires of them. Um, It's amazing to me that there was the belief that there could be a debate around what is called sexual ethic, right? right? Like, well, I believe this, this, this is my moral conviction and you may not share that, but Mm. can't we just coexist? Can't we just do life together? Yeah. I don't see how she even got that. Um, if she signed that statement of fate the first time, it seemed like there's no black and white. I mean, no, uh, gray areas in there. Yes. It seemed like it's, this is what it is and it's laid out. So the idea that, Oh, I thought we can have an open, you know, debate about, uh, sexuality and things like that. I don't even see where she got that. I think her need for financial, uh, security at that moment overrode, you know, her, her feelings, her actual belief. Yeah. And her actual belief at that time. And so maybe she's doing a little better now, you know, financially. So she's like, I'm not signing it anymore. She says she made that decision at that moment when she signed it the first time. But I don't know. I, I think she may have kind of evaluated her, her her station in life, her place, you know, where, where she was financially and said, OK, now I'm not going to sign it. It seems to me that it was just uh, to benefit herself. Like yeah. she never really believed what was in the statement of fate is just something she needed at the moment so she can be secure. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. So she really needed to go because if you've got a theological seminary, if you are teaching people theology, then you, you need to go. If you don't, if you don't believe, um, sound biblical theology, you need to go. Um, one of the things that grabbed me about this article, because again, it's a non, it's a non story in the sense that yes, Fuller should have fired her. She should not be on staff at an evangelical theological seminary, not believing the basic tenets of the faith. So that's a non-story, actually. But the story that I did find in it is Fuller's response to the Christian Post when they reached out to Fuller Theological Seminary. And again, I don't want to come down with too heavy of a hand, but I want to point these things out because I I believe that this is kind of where the warfare and where the battle happens Mm. for Christians. Mm -hmm. It may not always be what we do publicly, but it's like what we use as the motivation behind what we've done. Are we taking the teeth out of scripture to try to make ourselves culturally relevant or to maybe not upset the culture? Look, when we adhere to the scriptures, uh, we're going to upset the culture. Mm. You're just not going to be able to take the offense out of the gospel. And I think we need to recognize that. So getting back to this article, the Christian Post reached out to Fuller Theological Seminary for this story. Um, A spokesperson explained that the academic institution could not discuss individual employment details. However, this is what Fuller said, quote, we can confirm that adherence to our community standards is a requirement for all members of the Fuller community, including students, faculty, and staff. 
This is according to the spokesperson at Fuller. Now, let me continue. Quote, we live in covenant relationship. Therefore, all who join this community agree to abide by our community standards. All students and employees are informed about our community standards at the onset of their relationship with Fuller and are expected to uphold these standards as part of their commitment to the Fuller community. Mm -hmm. According to Fuller's official community standards, if you can't tell at this point, I have a deep, deep, deep problem with community standards as the defense. I, I just... But I'll go back to this article. According to Fuller's official community standards, the university believes that premarital, extramarital and homosexual forms of explicit sexual conduct, that they are inconsistent with the teaching of scripture. That's great. Yeah. And and I but why do we have to call it our community standards? Yeah, I think. Um, I really believe that whoever drafted this and, and put it together was trying to be winsome. Again, I think what, what happened is they try to take something that they feel like is, okay, that's, that sounds nice and people will agree with that. Mm -hmm. But it was, I, I think they would say, yeah, we are part of the community of Christians. We are, and the standard is the Bible. I think if, if you, if we talk to someone from Fuller, I, I think they would be able to explain and it would sound good what they mean. But I think also there's a technique in there, in there to like use that language because it's also something that the world would understand as being yeah that's well good. yeah that, we you know, understand it standards. Any, anybody who's been blocked on facebook right. anyone who's lost a youtube account we all understand community standards around here <laughs> right, right right but the problem with that is that it makes it something that becomes or seems to be arbitrary or just um you know relegated to our particular community we don't have community standards in as much as we're talking about our organization or our corporate culture mm -hmm. we have community standards writ large. We have community standards for the body of Christ, yes. period. Yes. And so when you say that you violated Fuller's community standards, it almost seems like that's what we hold as a conviction. And that is problematic for the body of Christ yes. in total. Yes, I, I agree with that. You know, when it was saying community standards, community standards, you know, people can say, well, okay, the community of believers and the standard is the Bible. When they put Fuller's community that to me it's made confusing. it yeah it was like hmm so are we talking about the bible as the standard or what you guys have you know and i feel like that's again there was some uh winsomeness or mm -hmm. you know trying to put this together to make it you know in such a way i don't know why we don't want to just be black and white and just say hey this is what it is you know me like i right. am just hey this the bible it said is. it yeah you know the straight edge of scripture like this is what we stand upon in our organization if you go to our website you'll see statement of faith yeah <laughs> this yeah. is what Here's it is what from the bible yeah you know and there's no you know uh ambiguity anything about it like this is what it is you know yeah. and so i feel like they were trying to be you know uh winsome in a way and present it this way but we know what community standards are as far as culture is concerned. Yeah. Facebook, and, and culture else, knows what you know? that is. Yeah. And, and I think even there's a way that we have been um, 
kind of shaped by culture. I don't want to say groom. I know that's con- <laughs> it can be overused, yeah. uh, but we have been shaped or conditioned. That's conditioned. the better word. We have yes. been conditioned by culture to understand and to respect community standards because we <laughs> say, well, this is the community culture here and mm-hmm. this is what we do. And so I feel like maybe to Fuller, and I can't speak to the thinking behind it, right. but it almost has the feel of, you know, people will understand that we have a, a community cultural expectation, mm. but that's actually your expectation is drawn from scripture. Yeah. Your expectation exactly. is taken from the right conviction that God's word is true and that God is worthy that we would submit to him by adhering to his word. Yes. I, the problem I have with this is that this leaves space for people to say, well, we don't have that community standard and then still present themselves as if they are Christian. Yeah. When and, you, Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying and, and to that point, I will, again, we both affirm what Fuller did. Yes. You know, because someone did not have those community standards and they were released, you know, like, so. Yes. Right. Right. Did not have Fuller's community standards that they derived from scripture. Yes. To be fair to them. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, affirm that, but man, I think they need to tighten up on their verbiage. Yeah. You know, so that there's no squishiness and, and things like that, but they did what was right. If you look at the action, they did what was right. And so that, that should be affirmed because you have so many other places that would just let her just stay. let it go. Yeah. Hey, no, I agree with go, you on you know? that. But I, I do feel like though we have enough um, history um, of the church to also point to the need for drawing a thick black line around mm. what we believe and yes. then everyone standing inside of that collectively. You know, you look at the history of the church and what went from, you know, people's feelings of, okay, yeah, I believe that Jesus is the Christ and and then being driven by those feelings and then now associating with the collective body of Christ, that eventually turned into, wait a minute, we need to have sound doctrinal conviction on what we believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, we want you to believe it in your heart, but there is an intellect that we come to the gospel with. There is a knowledge of God that we must come with. There are fundamentals, non-negotiables of the faith. We see this as early as the first century church in Acts chapter 15, the very first council, Mm -hmm. the Jerusalem council. Why is this important? Because it goes to what it means to be a Christian or what is required of us to be a Christian. So we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That includes all that he taught. That includes the totality of the commands of scripture Mm -hmm. as we understand them, as we read them and are able to uh, internalize what that means to have a new identity. And so I think when you start there, Acts chapter 15, and continue on council after council in the early church where there was agreed upon doctrine. Why? For the preservation of the faith. For the preservation of the faith. So I think if we get to 21st century America again— as I'm often often lamenting, you get to 21st century America, and then all of a sudden we we make the right statement, but we defend it wrongly. Mm. Then I think we still shoot ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. You know, we we don't we don't do ourselves any favors going forward if we don't defend rightly why we made the right decision. So yeah. yes, she was fired, and she should have been fired, but not because she violated Fuller's community standards. Right. This is not Facebook. <laughs> she right. should have been fired because she did not adhere to biblical conviction on sexual morality that's clearly laid out in scripture. 
And if she feels like she's not serving people well by agreeing with the Bible, then you need to go. You mm. need to leave the theological seminary that is evangelical, that is biblically based. Like you yeah. need to go. And I would say, and I know we're going to discuss this because we need to hear what Fuller said. You know, I think people probably need to hear how squishy, you know, some of the verbiage was, because I think if I'm, if I'm coming to this and well, I'm like, well, she, she was fired. Like they did, but man, it's, it's something in the verbiage and how it's kind of put together that caused you to think like, Oh Man, they may not be far from missing it if they don't if change some things. It get a little stronger on the verbiage, yeah. and I think we're in a time where we are, there's a pressure to be kind of lax on the verbiage, and, and you know because it could be seen as hateful, it could right. be seen as offensive, and so the verbiage definitely should be tightened up because that can leave some room for people to think like, okay, what do they really mean? Even though they did the right thing, but this statement is kind of um, confusing. So I think that should be something that they look at. Yeah. And we previously read what they said with regards to this particular employee, but as you kind of zoom out from there, which is what I think you were alluding yeah. to, um, there are some issues, even from Fuller's president, uh, David Emanuel Goatley, he spoke to the Christian post about their, their schools. I don't know, conflict and how they navigate mm -hmm. sexual issues. I just like, I don't know what the conflict would be, but getting back to this piece here, the seminary spokesperson provided the Christian post with a quote from Fuller president, David Emanuel Goatley, who spoke about how the Christian school was in an intentional season of deliberation and discernment related to issues of human sexuality. It almost sounds like <laughs> now, please. And, and, and push back on me if I go too far with this, this, but it almost sounds like we're trying to figure out where we're going to fall on these issues. <laughs> it's clear. So, it's give, clear. so give us a moment and we are in <laughs> deliberation. Deliberation implies that there is a decision that you need to make. Yeah. Again, you are absolutely right. They fired this woman. They made the right decision. But what is this deliberation and discernment? What are you trying to like, decide? I feel like y'all know what the Bible says because you have implemented, you know, a discipline because of what this this lady did not want to sign and, on to. And can I also say, you know, of necessity because, you know, theological seminary. <laughs> exactly. Can, can I, can I, I'm sorry. Like, come on. Okay. So getting back to uh, <laughs> President Goatley's quote here. Mm -hmm. Quote, issues related to human sexuality have individual, familial, communal, ecclesial and institutional consequences. That that is an <laughs> alphabet soup of words. Right. OK, but I'll continue here with faculty, students, staff alumni and partners throughout the United States and around the world, we have the privilege and responsibility of local, national and global influence and impact, stated Goatley. He continued, quote, we can inform and inspire people to engage with civility and hospitality, even in areas of disagreement, reflecting the love of Jesus and respecting the humanity of all people will model a kind of Christian maturity that will enable us to be salt for the earth and light for the world, end quote. Look, I don't disagree with that. Right. We we do want to respect the humanity of people. But again, those mushy words yeah. are the words that our culture loves. They're, it is just about the fact that I'm human. And let's at the same time also recognize that people reserve the right to define what it is to be human. So they're they're not taking their cues from the authority of Scripture. They're taking their cues from their feelings and their emotions. 
So, mm -hmm. so violating someone's humanity could be that you don't use their personal pronouns because they have determined that that is what it means for them to be human. Mm -hmm. We don't need deliberations. No, we, not at all. We, we have gone through a season as the church, as the collective church of the Lord, we have gone through seasons of councils where we've had creeds emerge. Why? To preserve the fundamentals. So we've already had the deliberations. <laughs> we've already pointed out the conflict. We've yeah. already po pointed out the wars that exist. We've already pointed out the divisions and the factions. We're not still in that place anymore. Like we're, we're, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're post middle ages. We're, we're, we're post fourth century of the church. <laughs> like we, we don't need those types of councils anymore. And I think when someone says an organization or the president of an organization says that we're deliberating, we're, we're thinking deeply about these issues and how to navigate them. I think it gives you a lot more power mm -hmm. than you have. You don't have power to deliberate on these issues. All you have the power to do is agree with scripture and then put into practice mm -hmm. church discipline when the scriptures are violated. Maybe maybe that's just overly simplistic. Yeah, once again, I, I believe that um, there's no need for deliberation. And I think I don't think that they are necessarily deliberating about this. But I think what they want to show is like, no, we're thinking deeply and we're discerning. And I think it's, it's the show like you, you don't want to present yourself as being, you know, Bull Connor, uh, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, you're, you're like, we're deliberating and we're um, using discernment on these issues. And we, I, they use a lot of words to say something that they didn't need all those words to say. Right. Right. But I think it's, I, I really believe it was for a show, but I, I believe that they have deliberated. They already have uh, consulted the scriptures and they are implementing what the scripture mm, says. That's a but, good point. But they have to show like a, a softer side of Sears, <laughs> yeah, you know, to right. the people who would read this yeah. and think, oh, Fuller is, you know. Yeah. Man, that, that's crazy. It's, it's sad that, hmm. you know, that pressure would be applied like that so much so that you have to do all this stuff to present yourself as softer than, you know. Man, that's a really good point. I, I appreciate the observation that you just made there because it does seem like they are taking the scripture seriously, but they're providing a sort of defense for why they adhere to the scriptures that may be more palatable to the culture. So it's like not a full on kiss of the ring, maybe just the side of it. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> right. I'm not going to really, you know, right. but right. but I do still want to be respected. We don't want to, to draw ire in our culture today. But man, you know, can I just say, listen, you know, if, if you look at the history of the church and you look at the people that we celebrate and that we love, um, the, the Tertullians, the Irenaeuses, the mm -hmm. origins, um, you know, I, I feel like these are the people, um, who were willing to put it all on the line for truth. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the ones who emerged out of these schools that taught doctrine and theology, and then they were able to teach it to others who taught it to others. It's almost a second Timothy two, two type process. Mm -hmm. And, and how do we know that their conviction and their diligence, how do we know all of that worked because they preserved the gospel intact that it got to us. So, so we don't get to get it in 21st century America and then repackage it. What we're talking about is not something that, um, we've said this before, it's not something that expands doctrine and makes a bigger tent. Mm -hmm. It's something that destroys doctrine. It's mm -hmm. something that creates a different type of gospel, a different yeah. type of faith. So when you've got people saying, you know, we're deliberating, we're thinking about these things. Um, I don't know. That's just incredibly problematic to me. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. And you don't have to do that, you know, but I feel like the feeling is, yes, we do, especially in the culture we're living in. We don't want to be seen as, you know, this or that. And so we're going 
going to frame it this way. But I'm, again, glad that they have implemented uh, biblical discipline in this area. Yeah, I agree with you. Let me say this before we wrap up this episode. If you are listening and you feel like, man, I really want my family to be equipped. I myself, I want to be equipped to be able to resist what is happening in the culture. I see it taking place all around me. Frankly, I'm a little bit overwhelmed um, in dealing with all of it. I read the stories, I see them on social media, and I'm concerned not only for my engagement with the culture, but the engagement of my children. Can I invite invite you to visit cultureproof.net and learn more about our Culture Proof Conference happening July 18th through the 20th at Faith Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. It's just outside of Memphis. So don't worry, you're going to be okay. Um, But we are gathering for a time of equipping. We are so serious about holding the line and communicating the same truth that we have received. There is no other gospel. And so we want to equip not only parents and grandparents to respond, but also children. So we have a youth track um, for kids ages 4 to 12 and teens ages 13 to 18, our culture-proof kids and culture-proof teens. Um, We're excited about the speakers who are going to be presenting their sound biblical truth that is practically understood. That is Mm -hmm. something that is so important to us. Many times people attend conferences and they walk away going, oh man, that was great. And they got really riled up, but then they go home and they're like, how do I... How do I put that into practice? We want to make sure that you get all of the nuts and bolts um, while you're there so that when you go home, the only thing left to do is do. All right. Mm. You can go to Mm. cultureproof.net, cultureproof.net, learn more about the conference, read the bios of the speakers who are going to be there. Um, We really believe that the Lord has called us to hold the line and to equip other believers to do the same. Cultureproof.net. Amen. It's an event for the whole family. So you can come on out children, adults, grandparents, you will all be equipped. Mm -hmm. When we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, we remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless.